you're an early stage Web3 founder, apply to our award-winning accelerator program, Basecamp at outlierventures.io slash Basecamp. We write your first $50,000 check and give you access to 200 mentors, including many of the leading Web3 founders, and a network of 1,000 of the world's leading investors and exchanges. We've helped over 30 startups from 15 countries from all around the world raise $130 million in growth funding and can help you fast track product market fit and where relevant, the launch of your token economy. Today, I'm really happy to welcome co-founder of Boson Protocol, Justin Bannon. Welcome, Justin. Thanks, Jamie. And uh, it's a privilege to be here. So you describe yourself as working on bridging the virtual to the physical world. Um, in particular for Web3. Boson Protocol is a Web3 primitive. It solves the physical asset oracle problem using stateful NFTs based on a dynamic game, which obviously is a, a mouthful. So we're going to unpack exactly what we mean by that a little bit later. A more simple way of describing it is you're connecting smart contracts to real world commerce and its data. So I actually got to know you pretty well through Basecamp, the Outlier Ventures Accelerator. You were in the winter 2019 cohort. So there's some reasons why I think it's timely to, to get you on the show. So NFTs are hot now, non-fungible tokens are hot now. As Rohan, the founder of Dapper Labs said, you know, you realize the full or true potential of NFTs when you consider that almost everything in your life is non-fungible rather than fungible. So some of the few things that are fungible include, you know, currency, money, and, and some commodities, but pretty much everything else is, is uh, non-fungible. It's not interchangeable um, at a kind of atomic uh, level. So Boson solves the fundamental problem that I think everybody first asks when they begin to wrestle with the concept of NFTs in the context of digital to physical um, transactions. Um, so just the other day, I was talking to a friend and he was kind of getting his head around NFTs in a purely digital sense. But you know, the minute that he kind of stumbled across this question of, well, how could I use an NFT to redeem a physical good or service? Um, he, he just couldn't buy that uh, how that could be solved. Now, um, at Boson, you, you've kind of solved that problem. I'm going to get into the, this journey about how you've got there. At least you found a, um, a viable workaround. And I think it's informative for people to understand why somebody like you and, and your co-founder might be the people to kind of have solved this. So you're quite a unique beast in that you're an ex-physicist. You're not a coder, but you're a hardcore math guy quite academic, you're used to solving complex theoretical problems, but unusually, you've also really earned your stripes in the business world, previously blitzscaling the priority pass group into a billion dollar per annum digital platform and transforming that industry, which was a, a loyalty points business in a traditional sense. So to give some context to your background, so as I said, you've got a physics degree from Imperial College, uh, actually, two masters that you've managed to somehow do in your evenings. One from UCL in digital business and innovation, kind of really focusing on platform and network effects. Uh, and the other, um, which is an integral part of your kind of founder story with Boson, um, a digital currency uh, masters from the University of Nicosia. 
You've also founded a couple of startups in your early 20s, including a video production company. But I guess most relevant to what we're going to talk about today was when you joined Priority Pass Group in 2006 as operations director, but quickly grew to become divisional MD for, um, for that group. And you were there for over 12 years until relatively recently, 2018. So for the listeners to understand, Priority Pass was a company which enabled access to airport lounges via paper and plastic vouchers at the time when you joined. But as I said, you, you blitzscaled that from 50 million to a billion dollar company per annum in revenue, but also helped it undergo a digital transformation. So working with um, large brands and partners like MasterCard, Visa, Amex, Diners, as well as uh, 1,400 banks and credit cards worldwide. Um, and it was there that you, I guess, first began to explore how you could effectively you know, digitize a process, um, as you describe it, find a, a digitally native form factor um, for that industry, which of course was was digital and, and mobile vouchers. And, and that really not just transformed Priority Pass, but also the wider industry. Then in 2019, you, you co-founded Boson. And I believe that the kind of the genesis story of that is that you met Gregor Barossa, your co-founder, who was a lecturer, one of the lecturers at the, um, the Masters where you were doing the digital currency um, uh, initiative. Could you tell us a little bit about that, that meeting and then you know, how that evolved into what Boson is today? Well, as you've highlighted, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a coder, but I, I took a couple of technical uh, modules a, to give, you know, to, to, to kind of cover that area, but also to find a tech co-founder for this for this idea that I had. And, um, yeah, Gregor and I would stay on after class and just discuss not just, the, you know, the, his lectures, but also, you know, what blockchain means and what it, what it enables. And, and um, very quickly, we discussed my idea and, and, um, and, and, and just joined up together and been working on it ever since, yeah. So what was the what was so what was the idea? What was the insight that led to Boson Protocol? The the insight was in the same way as when I was at Priority Pass, I recognized that with the advent of mobile and digital, people would still want to access the same products and services as they were accessing currently via like paper and plastic vouchers, but in a form factor that was native to this new kind of uh, you know digital and, and and mobile channel and so with 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 crypto you can see it, it, exactly the same sort of situation um, as crypto emerges as this new form factor then crypto businesses and their customers are going to want to access real world products and services but do that in a crypto native way and so this is this is what you describe as solving the the physical asset oracle problem yeah, the, the description of the problem um, as a physical asset oracle problem comes from a post from, from Jimmy Song where he highlights the problem um, as a, an example of why, you know, only Bitcoin um, is, is, is a kind of you know, valid sort of cryptocurrency. But actually, the problem is if I wanted to buy your car, Jamie, and you tokenized that car and you represented it as a token and I went and I brought that token from you, uh, that's great. But how can I guarantee or have any insurances that once I'm in possession of that of, of that token, that I will actually receive the car as well? Um, and that is 
you know, it's that is the 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 problem that we um, address, and um, you know, have a have a, a solution, at least a, a a very effective workaround for. So I believe uh, after you met Gregor uh, during the course, you actually went off and began doing some consulting, both together and kind of alongside one another. Um, and it was in these engagements where you really began to refine different approaches to how you might solve for this problem. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, um, Gregor and I, um, we worked for a company called Dexfray, which is, which is a, a decentralized logistics platform. So we're doing some really interesting things. So we were tokenizing freight in, invoices and um, using Centrifuge Tin Lake and then using those NFTs then to be collateral within uh, multi-collateral DAI. Um, we were also working on um, early ocean protocol data marketplaces in integrations. But the, the other project, um, which is most, most relevant uh, for Boson, is that we were looking to, well, Dexfreight rewards its users. So if you think about truckers on the platform, they arrive on time, they, they deliver to quality, et cetera. And it, it was looking to reward uh, the, 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 the users with tokens. Now, tokens don't mean a lot to, to truckers. What they would like are kind of like real world things. Um, and so we had an early version of Boson Protocol, which enabled truck drivers to take the tokens that, that they obtained from Dex Freight and um, swap those tokens for uh, blockchain vouchers that could then be re redeemed for real world products and services. Initially, we were using the Dharma protocol um, architecture, which involves some, some trusted, um, uh, trusted keepers or arbitrators, if you like, um, so that in the event of any disputes or reversals, you, you would have to revert to an arbitrator, which is a pretty set standard setup with you know, um, protocols and projects such as Open Bazaar. But what we quick, quickly realized is if, you, if you're plugging in a, a, a decentralized network um, into a protocol like Boson that requires arbitration, well, the cost the, 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 you know, and the friction of that really kind of breaks that process. You, you know, you just can't afford to do it. So I kind of put my physics hat on and, and, and said, okay, well, can we eliminate arbitration? Is it kind of theoretically impossible? And to what degree, if we can't eliminate it, to what degree could, could, could we um, minimize arbitration? That's the problem that we really, um, we really started to look at. And by the time I we got accepted to, to, to base camp, um, I had a very strong intuition that we had something quite significant in terms of being able to, to, to remove this cost and friction and have what we were kind of referring to as this decentralized autonomous commerce. Um, and I, you know, I think probably day one, Jamie mentioned that to you and you, you immediately said, well, that's a very bold claim. We need to establish it. Um, and so, <clears throat> Uh, I was introduced to Dr. Zainab Gurchuch, um, who is a, a, a researcher in behavioral economics and game theory at Imperial College, and I know and as, as part of the outlier team as well. And uh, Zainab is, you know, very, very smart and, you know, one of the best in the industry there. And her initial thoughts were, well, I don't, I don't think that's possible. So we, we, we sat down and after about two hours, uh, Zainab said, well, I think you may have something, but I'm going to need to work on it. 
And um, we, we worked on it over the coming weeks. And, and, and within a month or so, um, Zainab joined as an advisor and, um, and, and has been working with us to develop that ever since. A, sim- a similar story with, with, with Trent McConaughey. Um, I'd been I'd sort of acquainted with Trent previously, but at, um, at Diffusion in 2019 in Berlin, we sat down and went through, uh, I, I, I sort of took Trent through my deck and Trent said, I, I don't want to see the marketing, show me the mechanism, typically. Uh, Trent, and we, we went through and he was, ah, okay, so you're not trying to tokenize the thing itself. It's, you know, it's a kind of futures contract. And that's exactly the approach that we've taken. Um, you know, just to kind of complete that, similarly, we presented at F London at um, uh, earlier this year in February. And um, Zargam, who had worked on a couple of projects with kind of consulting, also said, look, you know, I think you've got this issue, this issue. He then joined as an advisor. And so now we've refined the protocol to, and, uh, where we feel it's it, it's probably got to a point where you get diminishing returns and there's not that much incentive to evolve it any further. That said, it is an it is an evolving complex system, um, and uh, yeah, we're we're due to launch a prototype of that core mechanism within the next couple of weeks. Yeah, so I mean that's an interesting journey, almost a year long period of R and D to kind of maybe just add some colour to some of the people that you mentioned there. So Trent McConaughey of uh, Ocean Protocol, uh, Michael Zargam of Block Science. Um, Block Science is a big crypto economics design uh, consultancy. Um, and you referenced Diffusion. Diffusion's actually the, the kind of co- virtual conference was now virtual conference. It used to be a physical conference that we would do each year with the various portfolios. So um, it's, a, it's a great advert, I guess, uh, to see how a lot of that stuff's come together. Now, if we go into this this physical asset problem, so as you said, um, Jimmy Song almost used it as a dismissive, and it's kind of dismissive towards things like NFTs um, or just the idea of alternative cryptocurrencies. And this is a theme actually that's come up again just in the last week um, with people like Peter McCormack of what Bitcoin did next. I, I, I love Peter. I actually think. Uh, He's largely just being on brand uh, by being dismissive of NFTs than necessarily being totally convinced of it himself. But that said, um, it is used as a dismissive by Bitcoin maximalists um, towards NFTs. And in, in the sense that they know it's a problem that is impossible to completely solve for. But I think... What's interesting here is that you believe there is a workaround to significantly reduce um, the requirement for arbitration. And effectively, that's, that's I guess, where Boson focuses, right? If you think about decentralized commerce, de-commerce, in the context of um, e-commerce and how that then connects to uh, the physical world, this is something that that fundamentally has to be solved for. Um, and, you know, you want to be able to um, solve for arbitration of disputes, but also reversals. I know reversals is another key part. It's not just disputes, but it's presumably the reversal of the transaction itself um, should it not be f- properly fulfilled. 
And so really this is, this is how do you fulfill, what, it, what does fulfillment look like in the context of e-commerce? So could you tell us a little bit about um, this workaround? I believe you kind of describe it as a, a, novel, a novel game. How does this solve, solve for the problem? So as I mentioned, yeah, it, it's, it's, um, it's a type of, of, of futures contract or, or, or a promise, if you like, where um, essentially the, the buyer and seller make deposits as commitments to proceed with an exchange transaction to an agreed upon quality. Um, and in addition, the, the buyer's payment amount is also locked up. So let's, let's deal with those two, two things separately. Um, I, I guess a, a good starting point would be this problem is partially solved. If you want, if you want to book an expensive restaurant, it's normal to have to put a deposit on your credit card, and if you don't turn up, that you you lose that. It's non-refundable. So, in a very, very kind of narrow way, that is 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 the type of concept upon which Boson builds. Except that we take these two-sided deposits, and then those deposits are in a a, a game which is complex enough to handle the disputes and provide incentives for both parties to you know to be incentivized to, to to go through with a quality redemption but on the other hand it's 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 simple enough um, to be kind of operationalized um, now it's a it's a complex system and as as, as Zargam described it it's going to have boundaries where um, it's going to bounce around with it within within a zone and it might hit a boundary, and initially we may have arbitration, and we will push it back into that zone, and we may add some algorithmic triage and extend the the, the algorithm. Um, and over time, then it it evolves further and further and further. Now, this is what it's done anyway during our R and D process. So, so, so that's that's the sort of the core the core algorithm. Um, then we have the, the 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 other one is the notion of of sort of uh, practical atomicity, which you know is is one of these kind of fundamental arguments that you can't have this hard link between the physical and digital. How do, well, that's just you know that's solved practically. If you go into Starbucks and you offer you you ask for a coffee, you, you know the barrister could take your money and not give you a coffee. I mean that's that's entirely possible, um, and that but. You know, you accept that level of atomicity, and that's that kind of cash level of practical atomicity is again the threshold that we hold Boson to. So that's the theory. Can you walk us through practically how that works? Sure. So Boson is itself is a modular component, but um, within Boson are a number of, of of nested modular components, if you like. So. Um, firstly, we we represent these promises as stateful NFTs. Um, so sure, you know, NFT, non-fungible um, token, but with us, they're stateful in that they move from state to state. So they, they, you have an, a state where they're firstly, they're, they're offered, then there is a commitment that is made, then they can be redeemed, a complaint can be made, a complaint can be admitted, et cetera. So these NFTs um, then, you know, flow around a dynamic game. And this dynamic game, within Boson's core exchange mechanism is a delicate balance with it being sufficiently complex to manage the exchange, dispute mediations and reversals, but, but simple enough to be governed by a game. We then have a, a token model which we 
we borrowed from um, Ocean Protocol for a curated proofs market. And this, uh, this model curates vouchers or inventory, which is that is uh, has high quality and quantity. So, so vouchers which people use and are popular and which people like, they're at high quality, are also curated using, using that um, token model. But again, that's modular. We, we could and we, we constantly look and review that there, there, there could be uh, a separate module there. And then in addition, um, we integrate with a Web3 data marketplace and our chosen provider, of course, would, is, is Ocean Protocol. And I think we, we can come on to uh, those two components of, of Boson Protocol in terms of coordinating transactions and commerce data. Yeah, so you've used this term uh, de-commerce, decentralized commerce. Um, maybe before we go into its stack, because again, I've heard you talk about a e-commerce stack. Why is e-commerce important? Why is it important we have a distinction between commerce as it is today and e-commerce? And, and what is the role of Boson Protocol within it? You know, what's its kind of mission? Okay, sure. I mean, I'll, I'll address that question at two levels, if you like. There's a sort of operational level, which is Free, low trust, low cost, low friction is different. We've seen that when you, when you know, for, you know, whether it's email or when you implement a, a solution that it, that is that is free and low cost, it's different. And so, enabling commerce over the internet without intermediaries, but with with this um, minimized arbitration, low cost and friction, is it's fundamentally different and is going to enable new use cases and a proliferation of commerce that has previously been been blocked, if you like, by by cost, trust, and friction. So that that's kind of the operational argument. Also, if you want to take on a a, a, a beast like Amazon, which is super vertically integrated, a lot of people think, you know, look, it's impossible for a for a, for a protocol to take on um, Amazon. <clears throat> I'm actually of the view which many share that um, by having a stack and an e ecosystem um, of composable specialist protocols, each of these optimizing for efficiencies um, and attacking different parts of the value chain, but in combination or aggregate, um, then these can be a real challenger, first slowly, but then all at once. And I think I think for a large kind of whale, if you like, like like Amazon, it, it's very difficult to compete against a sort of a swarm of specialist protocols, each attacking a point in your in your value chain, but also working together in a composable way. So is this is this disruptive or transformative or or, or something in the middle? It's super disruptive. Um, I. Previously, I transformed Priority Pass digitally, but the underlying business logic, uh, the, you know, the logic of centralized extraction, if you like, remained the same. Um, whereas decentralized protocols remove this logic of, of, of extraction and, and replace it with a more fair and equitable logic and, and, and a design to, pre to prevent capture by a centralized entity. So it would be very difficult to conceive of a centralized entity making that move. Although I know people such as, as, as Trent have, have written on this. Um, so, so I would say it's very disruptive. Um, I mean, we do 
two things which e-commerce and Amazon does. So we're similar in that way, but we do it in a decentralized way. So those two things are, sure, we execute real-world commerce transactions, and we we, we receive secure Web3 customer data, which we monetize. But but again, we do this in a way that's fair and equitable. It's it's a protocol that everyone can trust and and, and anyone can use. Um, and so this brings you know the potential to own two massive value pools. Um, so as the global decentralized network for coordinating commerce, and then secondary as a as a planetary level Web3 data marketplace for commerce data. Again, the difference being that you know boson token coordinates the commercial exchange and then captures and redistributes this value from the data monetization in a fair and equitable way. Okay, so let's unpack this e-commerce stack. I guess the, 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 the idea here is that with in the same way we've seen this bottom-up stack emerge in DeFi, it's highly composable, you can move things in and out. Um, in aggregate, it increasingly looks like a a capital market, albeit a very simplistic one. Um, but the thesis is over time, it will grow in complexity. Uh, and as you say, because each protocol is a specialist, primarily looking to optimize for efficiency, but then also to deliver yield to, to its end user. So I, I guess what you're saying with the e-commerce stack is there's going to be an equivalent to the DeFi stack. Maybe it's also built on components of the DeFi stack. So could you talk us through the different layers of the e-commerce stack, the things that will will need to happen for e-commerce at scale, and then maybe where Boson is placed within it? Sure. Um, so the way, the way I view it is if you take the current sort of centralized commerce, you have multiple um, value types that all knit together um, in, in to provide differentiated and highly competitive competitive um, propositions. So if you if you if you take a, a sort of a premium credit card, for example, that that combines a, a method of payment, it combines credit, it often combines loyalty, rewards, you can you know you can buy products and services and there's a huge amount of, of, of data there. Um, so you know brands will, build of a, a differentiating and value-adding proposition from those components in order to be commoditized and in order to compete on fees. And so with, with, with Boson, we tie together, we, we, we're designed to integrate, whether it's with a DeFi protocol that wants to reward their users with real-world products and services, uh, so wants to be able to kind of airdrop real-world products and services, we would enable that. Um, whether it's a, you know, a, a decentralized platform that wants to understand the preferences of its users, we we can we can enable that. So, what or whether it's a crypto exchange that wants to, in a crypto native way, instead of competing on fees, which is a race to the bottom, reward reward users or enable users to buy products and services direct from an exchange without ever touching fiat. All of those are all of those elements. We are a building block where you can plug in each of those elements to create these kind of decentralized commerce applications. So it sounds like your Boson's most valuable 
when used in a highly commoditized industry. So as you said, it could be, if we look at it in the crypto world, it's wallets, exchanges, stuff like that. Um, is the go-to-market that you will be initially targeting these kind of crypto native businesses? Um, or are you looking to kind of bring in you know, non-Web3 classic digital e-commerce Web2 businesses? So initially, we will be targeting these sort of high propensity uh, crypto businesses where there's a strong demand. So for example, crypto exchanges and crypto credit cards. But there's, I mean, it's no coincidence that rewarding and 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 providing you know loyalty propositions on top of these products it's no coincidence that's you know so many of these products um require uh, loyalty and rewards the reason being that they are otherwise commoditized so we are we we will be targeting crypto exchanges and and crypto uh, credit cards to offer a crypto native solution for differentiating those products in order that they don't have to compete on fees and race to the bottom. We've also, um, we're also in conversation with a number of DeFi protocols um, as well. Again, you know, a lot of the, the yield farming and what, what we've seen recently is a, it's a reward mechanic. However, it's a short-term reward mechanic where you, you're, you're distribution, distributing your silverware um, for a more sustainable reward mechanic we can borrow from what's been developed over the last 20 or 30 years and with, with Boson Protocol, enable that in a crypto native way. So that would be our initial launch market, um, which, which, is, which is crypto. Um, and then we would move to more mainstream uh, a, across a, a, a raft of, of different industries from, from gaming to um, standard credit cards, and also just enabling uh, marketplaces and, and enabling as a, as a substrate for, for commerce itself in a, in, a, in a quite a generic format. Yeah, I mean, I think the idea of both NFTs as useful to close the loyalty loop in the context of DeFi, as it stands today, is a kind of highly promiscuous environment of uh, yield like hunting, um, and also NFTs as forms of digital loyalty for existing e-commerce and stuff like that. So I think it's interesting to, to look at it from both angles. But if we zoom out, why is e-commerce important? I mean, I hate Amazon, yet I use it probably more than any other um, any other merchant, supermarket, website, you know, combined. Well, I, we don't want to live in a world where commerce and data are captured and owned by monopolies. Um, I mean, what I'm exactly the same as you. Amazon is, you know, like a, a utility for me. But but what happens if titans like Amazon continue to you know, tighten their stranglehold on the supply chain and the market? Um, they will end up controlling the market, the supply chain, and and us and and. Uh, Boson is about laying down the infrastructure to enable a new type of economy. So to to enable applications to be built uh, where people are not separated from their data and the value they, that, that that it creates. Um, and so instead, you know, having having an economy where value is fairly distributed um, amongst stakeholders, 
Um, and so that's the infrastructure that we're building with Boson Protocol. Yes, I mean, I'm super excited about Boson. I've watched your development uh, over the last 18 months or so. And, you know, I think the timing of this is very relevant now if NFTs are looking to kind of cross over, but also, as I said, to address some you know, fundamental design problems that we see in, in DeFi today. So um, good luck with everything, Justin. It's been great having you on. Um, looking forward to seeing how you progress from here. Thanks, Jamie. Thanks for having me on the show. And thanks for your continued support for Boson and the whole industry. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and share your feedback to help us reach as many people as possible with the important mission of Web3.